This is Film Club. Have you ever had real Italian coffee? Uncle Carmine was right about you. You're ready for Freddy. Just make sure you got plenty of fresh air for your Komodo dragons as we break down the freshman. Wow, wow, wow. Yay. Awesome. So I picked this film. Do you know the very tricky hidden connection? <laughs> Curious George. Because he talks about Curious George. There we go. Yes, the man with the yellow hat. That was the best line. <laughs> Obviously, that was the main impulse. But it also both movies take place in New York. And there is a little bit of a um, father-son relationship, even though technically the, like, the nephew is not his son. There's like a little bit of that at play where Carmine only has eyes for Matthew Broderick's character. Oh, yeah. But I believe everybody got that. It would be kind of sad if <laughs> they missed it. Yes, four people who submitted said that Carmine and Clark are talking about Curious George the Monkey. And then someone did say, I guess they both deal with, the poss- with possibly scamming people into thinking they are seeing or eating something that isn't actually what they say it is. I wanted you to pick this one so bad because The Godfather is a Christmas movie. Oh my gosh. Can't pick that for film club. So it's true. I mean, we could, but like then all our other film clubs ever after would be awful. (laughs) We can't pick the impetus of the (laughs) podcast for film club. (laughs) Um, And I will say, Lauren and I watched this back in July, I believe, sometime after our New York trip. Yeah. And we just passed away at the Curious George reference. We thought it was so funny. And so we kind of set up, we set ourselves up to have this connection be so. But Curious George is also a great film and worth being in film club. So we start off with Dwight. And it it was funny because I, even though we had watched it that same year, I'd forgotten a lot of the like more subtle plot points or like anything to do with the plot because I was just so enamored <laughs> with Marlon Brando. So I was kind of like, why are we starting off with the father-in-law? Or not the father-in-law, but the stepfather. And And the hunting in the woods. Yeah, like it just seemed like such a random beginning. But then by the end, I guess I should also say, hopefully people, the reason we do many sods is that people who haven't seen the film don't get it spoiled because they can just skip the episode. But if you haven't seen it, then obviously spoilers from here on out. Turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this beginning is the whole point of... Uh, Matthew, I guess Clark is that his name, is targeted in the first place, and it's all thought out from the very beginning, and has to do with his stepfather. So I just love it when movies start off with like something that seems really inane or like inconsequential, and then that's the whole point of it at the end. But you've completely forgotten about it as the movie goes on. Um, a classic Matthew Broderick monologue. I feel like he's always starting his <laughs> movies off with just some voiceover. Mm-hmm. For those of a- obviously. You should know that Marlon Brando is Vito Corleone. He's the godfather. But did you know that there are, not you, Lauren, our listeners, um, other appearances from godfather films from the characters? So we'll talk about those as they come up. But Victor Ray, the um, the guy that scams him at the very beginning and brings him all, all the way into it, he plays the young Clemenza in Godfather 2. And it is so exciting. It's so cute. So to have, it just is like this amazing universe where like, baby Clemenza that Vito first met is now with old Vito. Oh, it's so cute. I love it. (laughs) And he's so funny. He does such a good job. Clark's roommate, Steve, is like an alternate dimension me. Like, just the worst (laughs) version of me, I think. (laughs) But um, also the university professor. uh, What's his name? It starts with an F. 
I can't remember. I might have wrote it down later. Who he's, makes them read his own books? Yes, he's hilarious. He's the worst. He's just such a... I would hate to have him as a professor, but he's very entertaining to watch on screen. Also, the beginning is just so stressful. Like, you know he's making all these wrong decisions and everything's going to go badly, but like... These are the things that my anxiety brain stresses about happening to me in real life. So to see it played out is just not fun. It's so awful. <laughs> then we transitioned to Little Italy, which is so fun because we've been there. Mm-hmm. So bad. I know. Uh, too bad we didn't watch this before we went to New York and then we could have gone and found the club. Oh my gosh. If only. And then the moment that you see Marlon Brando... Stepping into the role of Vito Corleone again, even though it's technically not him. But just this parody of it is so magical. Like, I cannot. Whenever he's on screen, whenever he's talking, I'm just making involuntary noises. I'm so excited. I love the over-translating that the cousin does. (laughs) And it's like, grazie. That means thank you. Like, (laughs) it just cracked me up. I thought it was so funny. The desk, like the whole setup is just so fun. I just can't believe this could have gone so wrong. Like it could have just flopped. It could have felt really hollow, really just like in poor taste or just not funny at all. And like, I feel like they're honoring the Godfather and still having fun with it and riffing with it and playing off of it. And it just works so well. It's so funny. It feels like you're honoring the Godfather, but still having a fun time with it and still making fun of it in a way that feels respectful. I don't know. I just love it so much. Well, yeah, the fact that they got Marlon Brando back to do it again is just perfect. Like, if it was anybody else, it would have been a horrible movie. Yes, exactly. And I just, anything, anytime he opens his mouth, it's just glorious. And he's just like, Kellogg, like the cereal. Like, oh! (laughs) I think that's his first line. And the first time we watched it, I cried. (laughs) I, I was laughing so hard that there was a tear that came out. It was just so wonderful it's so good it seriously is the best uh and i love it because it's like the adventures of grandpa Vito. it's like not aggressive Vito. he's like a little bit subdued and has these funny lines like oh it's the best matthew broderick is the luckiest like i can't imagine what it was like to play this uh character against marlon brando mm. The part about Mussolini was cracking me up when he's like, it's like the Beatles for you. It's like, <laughs> um, it's very, very different. Two very different things, but so funny. I love when he keeps putting sugar in the coffee. Honestly, that's probably what I would have to do if I ever drank coffee just because it's so nasty and bitter. But I love like every time he thinks it's over. It's just this amazing visual gag. <laughs> I also love when he's like, do you know what this means? do you mean taking my hand? Like, I just love how Clark, like, Matthew Broderick's characters are often, I feel like, kind of removed. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, like, a little bit breaking the fourth wall in some ways. It just works in this film really well. It's so funny. The hand of friendship. And then a Michael jump scare. A Michael Corleone. We cut quickly to Godfather 2 scene. Oh, Um, yeah. When the teacher is mouthing along to The Godfather 2, I was like, this is embarrassingly me and Lauren. Like, maybe not to Godfather 2 specifically, but if you ever watch The Godfather with us, like, we will be right there along with the ride. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, I was shocked when he was scamming him in the train station. $65 in the 90s? (laughs) Right. Like, an Uber doesn't cost that much. Yeah. I feel like 
taxis have always been more expensive than Uber, though, just because. But of... he was really, <laughs> he was really going for that scam. Right. Trying to get the most. So then we have the crux of um, what this whole secret organization seemingly is about, which is getting this Komodo dragon. And it is adorable. When my mom came to visit me like two years ago, I don't know, the timeline is fuzzy. In 2021, in November, she was talking about how dangerous Komodo dragons are and how scary they are and how deadly they are and it just became this like running joke between us and so when we were watching this and there was a komodo dragon i was like i cannot wait for deb to watch this i'm so excited like oh my gosh she's gonna hate it so much so um it just was extra funny that there was this element of the komodo dragon in this movie um but he is so adorable i know it's not a real komodo dragon but like oh (laughs) when he's just hanging out in the car when he's going up the elevator, and then when he's walking <laughs> on the treadmill, like, ah, he's so cute. Animal actor. Little, his leash and his harness. Yes. Um, and they're holding him, and he's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's so big, too. There's definitely some, like, Tiger King vibes from that, the, like, scientists that they bring him to at first. Mary and you're London. like, yes, you're like, oh, so uncomfortable. So many. Oh, I love Larry London so much. <laughs> I don't know why. So many exotic animals that don't belong here, though. I love his <laughs> ferret. <laughs> Shout out to Draco Balfoy. Um, I love it when he goes, my heart swims in blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? I can't remember the very moment, but oh, when he's getting up to the light to get the money out and Clark offers his hand, he just slaps it. <laughs> <laughs> don't want your help (laughs) and then i just one of my favorite scenes is honestly just when marlon brando's talking on the phone and talking about these stocks like when he was like holding the phone and he like has to put it down because he's so disgusted by the conversation (laughs) like just every little instant that marlon brando is on the screen i'm dying but i know i say this a lot about my favorite voice actors or actors with great voices but i would happily just listen to him read any book the phone book like any i would subscribe to audible so fast if they could bring marlon back from the dead and have him read every single book that's all i would do with my life is listen to him read in his veto voice though yes oh yes uh, yeah exactly but yeah there my notes are just scattered with matthew is the luckiest just everywhere <laughs> i think when when marlon kisses him i'm just like oh i don't <laughs> care who you are if you get kissed by marlon brando that is just You're the luckiest blessed fun because it's like the reversal of the sicilian kiss where normally that's a really bad thing and here it's the opposite i thought that was a funny play this scene in their office again i have written down that he says the son i never had which (gasps) is exactly like increased church exactly yes i also just wanted to shout out larry london's assistant bd wong is shang in mulan oh i didn't know that Maybe you told me when we first watched it and I forgot. Yeah, probably, but he's so funny, too. I, he's like, you naughty dragon, you've been swimming. <laughs> I know. I I felt like it was a little bit of a riff on how a lot of Asian actors are treated in Hollywood. And maybe it's just my idealism coming through of I want this film to be great. But I feel like he was really putting on a show at the beginning. And then at the end, you like see who his character really is. He's not this like 
simple minded like only loves mm-hmm. animals i don't know it just was fun to have that big reveal of like everyone had been acting a certain way the whole movie and that's actually not who they really are and so i just appreciated that too because a lot of asian actors had been treated very terribly in hollywood and shifted to these like one note roles and either really dumbed down or like villainized in these different ways so i just appreciated that too the fruit stand there's a moment where you're He's at the fruit stand again. It's so triggering. It's not okay. Oh, he's so sweet saying hi to everybody on the street. And yes, everyone's favorite guy. I want a bedtime story by Marlon. Oh, what a dream. When he comes and the roommate is like shocked to see him and he like just wants to stay. And Marlon or Carmine keeps being like, please leave. Like, I need this to be private. You can put your shoes on out. Shoes on outside. Yes, the best. I think he was saying something about Bonacera then, and it was just this cracking me up. But oh, this is my favorite scene when they're talking about the poems and his father, and just having this heart to heart when he says, "So this is college." I didn't miss anything like it. <laughs> the funniest line. Oh my gosh, I love it. Then I would die to have Marlon Brando sitting in my dorm room talking to me about Curious George and poetry and life. Can you imagine, like, in either of our little brownstone rooms? Like, I think we both would have just been inconsolable. Like, passed out. Crying, screaming, throwing up. <laughs> and then when Fleaver, like, really wants to meet him, <laughs> Jimmy the Toucan. <laughs> oh, and then he's ice skating. Oh, the best. Oh, my gosh. I also feel like Fleaver, that's the teacher's name talking about crazy theories from all these different parts of like history and things like that that probably aren't that interesting I don't know parts of the things that he was saying I was like this is fascinating I want to learn more I want to listen to this lecture and part of me was also like oh my gosh this is so pretentious and so unimportant but just finding that that balance between being pretentious and actually have things of quality to say (laughs) (laughs) but yes veto ice skating excuse me oh Um, and the song that he's ice skating to I want to be around to pick up the pieces. That's one of one of the songs that was on one of our car CDs that we listened to all the time growing oh, up. Oh, that's the most magical thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh, I loved it. <laughs> I also, I too am really concerned about this ozone business. Like, just the best, <laughs> best lines. Oh, I love him. <laughs> I'm really concerned about this ozone business. He's <laughs> um, just so pure. He is. It's just the most magical. Like, the actual film itself is fine. You know, it's pretty run-of-the-mill. The plot is kind of fun, and the other actors do a good job. But if you take Marlon out, like, it it just doesn't hold up. But putting Marlon in, five-star film, easily. It's so good. <laughs> I love that they keep getting his home state wrong. I love that that's, like, a running gag throughout mm-hmm. it all. <laughs> and makes the, the reveal even more impressive when, like, Everybody knows exactly what's happening and going on. <laughs> I love that he gives such a good hair, Michael hair ruffle to him, though, at one point when oh. he's going back to the kitchen. He, like, gives him such a good, I don't know, like, head pat is the best. Oh, my gosh. And every time I watch this, I always scream, he did the thing whenever he scratches his chin. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I love it he so much. just right back into it. Yep. Oh, it's amazing. And then... The guy at the very end who says, like, goodnight, boss, at the very, very end is Carlo in the original. Not that you, you already knew that, but just for our listening fans, we had another Godfather appearance. 
said, there he is. Yeah, Komodo dragon. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't recognize it at all when I watched it the first time. But then my mom was like, that's the Miss America song. <laughs> right. really the man that sings the Miss America song. It's so amazing. <laughs> so funny. And uh, <laughs> I watched it with Andrew. Well, the first time I watched it, Andrew like walked in kind of halfway through and he was so confused about why I was loving it so much. And then my mom and dad came home and I like went back and showed them all my favorite parts, which was basically the whole movie. <laughs> um, but then a couple, I don't know if it was a week later, we went to my grandma's house and Andrew was in the shower and I was like getting ready in the bathroom next to it or like, you know, the room next to the actual bathroom yeah and i can just hear him singing there he is <laughs> your kafodo dragon <laughs> one of my best memories of last year oh my gosh i love that i love it that it's like a little delayed a few weeks later like i know oh my gosh. it wasn't like the same day oh that's so funny it is it's just a wild ride and this whole time you just are like worried about what's going to happen to the Komodo dragon and you don't want him to be eaten and you're worried about karma and you don't want him to be betrayed. And then it's like, oh no, always trust your Don. He knows what's <laughs> happening. He's always going to do what's best for everybody. So it was great. A lot of, yeah, a lot of fun reveals at the very end and gotchas. Oh my gosh. It's just such a good film. And I feel like kind of under the radar you know I, it was on our list for a while because we looked up at other films that marlon brando was in and i don't know that like it had huge brave reviews it was never really high on our priority list no i'm pretty sure only let me see 100 it only has 155 five star reviews on letterbox Too out low. of like thousands of right reviews. so very proud to be among the five star reviews on <laughs> No, I I think I, I didn't even write down any of the larger themes I wanted to talk about. So I was just too blown away by Marlon. Marlon is the larger theme here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reason for the film. <laughs> oh, wait, I also forgot to mention the Mona Lisa. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I also love the line, she wants to get married yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like the daughter could have been really annoying, but she like fits the role so perfectly, especially so funny. for the end when it's like, oh, it's all a farce. It's all been play acting this whole time. She's not actually that crazy. So, okay. We'll throw it over to our Kappa regimes. This one's from George. I haven't laughed so hard in a long time. Brando plays the perfect parody of himself in a cleverly designed serial comedy with numerous plot twists. The parody went right to the lighting and set designs, the running joke that Carmine looked just like Brando, incorporating Godfather 2 clips and messages into the movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and I don't want to write more to avoid spoilers, but here are some favorite, here are some of my favorite scene section. I highly recommend it for those who haven't seen it. So fun. Brando must have had a lot of fun making the movie and reprising the role in such a different film, and the others must have had fun too. Loved the scene where Carmine visits the dorm and Buster Keaton poster is on the wall. Matt is Buster, an innocent caught, trapped, and flummoxed in a moral dilemma, not because of anything he did. I liked that. That's a really fun connection. And the poem Clark quotes is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Other little touches. Dial him for murder and foreign correspondent are on a theater marquee. The posters in the dorm room include Kurosawa's Ran, which translates as chaos or turmoil. 
Carmine's complaining about GM and pol- Polaroid stocks, which weren't good stocks when the film was made. Also loved Maximilian Schell as Larry London and Paul Benedict as Arthur F- Fleber. Hysterical. And then he did include a lot of his favorite quotes. He said, not for public consumption, but I'll read a few of them. I don't know how I could say no. <laughs> it's a crime. Now you're speaking generalities. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, so this is college. I didn't miss anything. It's like, mm, maybe one of my favorite lines of the whole thing. It's so good. Oh, it's the best. Um, This is from Catherine. What a great film club year. It was fun to watch all these films you picked. Wow, the freshman felt like some someone nostalgic for The Godfather made a movie. Sometimes it was hard to take this film seriously, which is maybe the point. Is it classified as a comedy? I had a hard time understanding some of Marlon Brando's dialogue, too, but I guess that's just my fault for not putting on subtitles. I definitely put on subtitles. Me, too. Time. Maybe some interesting commentary going on how art affects life. It was funny to see Clark studying sections of the Godfather movies in class and then almost living them out in real life. I was thunderstruck at how they used a Komodo dragon until Rachel told me it was just a monitor lizard. Don't destroy the magic. (laughs) The film also picked up on the Godfather's themes of corruption and just playing by your own rules in what is perceived as a corrupt society. Overall, I think it was funny, but I also felt like I couldn't decide whether whether it wanted to be its own unique movie or just pay homage to the Godfather. I did not realize how talented Marla was ice- Marlon was ice skating. Wowzers. Thanks, guys. This has been fun. See, Catherine's pulling it together and giving us some actual themes to work with. So <laughs> thank you for that. It is this very interesting thing where the Godfather really talks about corruption and having to, you know, operate within your own rules inside of a society that's also corrupt. But for the Corleones, it's really for their own means and their own family and kind of like motivated more by power for selfish reasons whereas here it feels like motivated by altruistic reasons instead so it's kind of like a kinder softer version of (laughs) the Corleones but (laughs) any thoughts on that or anything no okay Deb's review she said a fun escape romp so 90s such a fun reminder of the fashions and feel of the decade the mall scene was hilarious especially the pool as was the party tequila (laughs) <laughs> the komodo dragon did throw me a bit but i liked the message how you shouldn't judge on the surface they seemed like mob people and sound rough but then turn out to be something different a very fun show and loved marlon's performance okay and then jill i grew up in the 80s and 90s and was a big matthew broderick fan so i'm dumbfounded that this is the first time i've ever heard of this movie Thank you, AVTTG Movie Club, for bringing me the blast, which should have been from my past. (laughs) I have to admit that if I had seen it back in 1990, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much since there are so many fun references and nods to the Godfather movie, which I did not watch back then since they didn't have it edited on TV when I was younger. Anyways, I really enjoyed this movie. It was such a fun premise with Marlon Brando playing the man who inspired the Godfather character. I loved the relationship between Carmine and Clark. It was funny and sweet, and I was impressed at how fast Komodo dragons can run, or whatever unendangered animal they had stand in for a Komodo dragon. Such a great way to end the year of movie club. Yay! Some stats from the rest of the reviews. Uh, A lot of the favorite scenes were after delivering the Komodo dragon and Clark wants to quit, but instead he's told he's getting married. The runner-up was Carmine skating. Third was Burt Parks playing himself, singing, especially the parody of There She Is, Miss America. Someone else also loved Vito Skeeting. <laughs> um, someone else submitted the mall scene. 
And then our last one was whenever they have the Komodo dragon, especially when Bert Park sings, there he is, your Komodo dragon at the end. I loved the Miss America pageant when I was young, so I knew exactly what song that was. I don't think younger people would get that reference. But here is where it's fun. This has never happened before. In all 12 films of Film Club, everyone had the same favorite character, Matthew Broderick. Just kidding. Yes, it was Carmine. (laughs) 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 Yes, Carmine Sabatini. Such a great name, too. Just bravo to our filmmakers here. And then for our ratings, we had three stars, four and a half stars, and four stars. So very, very good. It's time to leave the gun and take the cannoli. What childhood book would you want Marlon to read to you? Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. I'm gonna have I to know go. you just said you'd say any book, but I one know. Mm. I love the frog and toad books. Oh, like that oh. whole anthology. And then just having Marlon Brando read it to me and like oh. give his commentary as veto. Oh, or Carmine. I'll take either. It's amazing. That okay. So special. <laughs> there was Vito, Young Clemenza, and Carlo. You have to pick three Godfather characters that you randomly stumble into in your life. Michael, of course. <laughs> Kay. Mm. Because I love Diane Keaton now. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> still mad at her. Still better for not posting your collage. <laughs> yes. And Tessio. Oh, <laughs> unexpected, but I love it. <laughs> so cute. So uh, old and tall. Oh my gosh. Wow. Which clips from The Godfather would you show in your film class? <gasps> the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I've got to be serious. Just the first one. You got to limit me to something or else I'm okay, going to take fine. the next the first one. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, The beginning. For sure, because that's just the most incredible setup. There's so much to talk about there. (sighs) I would also want to do the tomato scene. With his grandson? Yes, but also pair it with when he's talking to Michael in the the chairs. (gasps) Okay, I'm just going to stick it. Ah, There's so many. (laughs) Um. We have to do the restaurant scene. It's just too too perfect. Yeah. Oh, but also the hospital. Oh my gosh. This is the whole film. I would just be like, okay, friends. <laughs> friends. And three hours now. No matter what other jobs I go into, everybody will be friends to me. <laughs> I've been ruined forever. Okay. Uh, what's the worst time you've had driving in a car? Driving back from St. George with you. <laughs> <laughs> honestly honestly valid though (laughs) no i know i've thrown up in the car before one time we were in it was always the worst because caleb my brother would always get car sick Mm. one time this wasn't maybe the worst time but it's a good story we were in dc visiting my aunt and uncle and they have two little kids and caleb was car sick and hit my two cousins were strapped into their car seats in between him or like he was in between them or something and he is like (laughs) about to throw up and they are screaming because they (laughs) want to get out of the car so bad (laughs) because we're just parked right 
but they're stuck and so they're just screaming their heads off and Kiel's oh. barfing in the corner. <laughs> My gosh. They're stuck. And yeah. I was just laughing because <laughs> also gagging because <laughs> I I was a little sensitive to the sound of people throwing up. I'd like I'd have to plug my ears or else I would start throwing up. So you're just plugging your ears in the corner laughing. <laughs> yes. Essentially, yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That sounds terrible. Beautiful. Okay. Which endangered animal would you want to smuggle around? Oh my gosh. It felt like it was gonna be a positive question, but now I feel evil. <laughs> um, probably a bat. Oh. That would be child. hard to transport, though. Yeah. i just put him on a leash. Oh, he would drive your car for you. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going full evil, yes. Okay, what movie parody besides The Godfather and E.T. would you want to find yourself in? <gasps> Probably a Wes Anderson film. I'd say Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh my gosh, that would be so magical! <laughs> To see all those people? Yes, because you get so many of your favorites, Willem, Adrian. Oh my gosh, I would just <laughs> I would just live in Adrian's house. That's... <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't care that he's the worst person in the world. Take down all the uncomfortable art. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was those uh, are canola questions. Now we'll throw it over to the listener submitted. What sport would you be willing to be filmed doing for what looks like the first time? Not ice skating. Right? I'm terrible at ice skating. <laughs> I went ice skating on Saturday night just with the Release Society. And I screamed so many times. <laughs> it was like anytime I was about to fall, I'd just start screaming at the top of my lungs. And then I'd fix it. I wouldn't fall. but So just there's constant intermittent screaming yeah, going I on. Think I there. alarmed a few people. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. It's like dinosaur, but on ice. <laughs> dinosaur on ice no (laughs) that sounds like one of the seven circles of hell (laughs) curling oh no that's also on ice skates oh well i said it (laughs) it's too late can't take it back like for the first time i don't feel like there's a sport i haven't at least attempted i'll just say cricket even though i've played in a modified version of it what famous work of art would you require to hang in front in your front room Oh, that's such a hard choice. I know. So help me if you say Renoir, I'm going to lose it. Well, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> this is so hard. I was going to do a Robert Delaunay because I love his paintings and they're like kind of obscure. So I feel like my snooty pretentiousness would be revealed. But then I remember how much I love Kaibach. So I'm going to have to go with one of his. I kind of want to do. What's that? The most famous American art one. There's a lot of very famous American art ones. Oh no, you're the you took the class. <laughs> like American Gothic. No, one of the romantic ones. Oh, like the from like the um, Hudson River yeah. School, like Beardstadt. Keep going with the names. Or Thomas Cole, mm-hmm. like the Oxbow. One of those. There's one though that I really like. That's just like a landscape. Isn't there someone named Albert? Yeah, Beardstadt. Oh, oh, that's so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to do Gustav Kaibot's um, Man at a Window, because I wrote a very, very long paper on it, and it's so beautiful, and I love it. Um, I would do Beardstadt's Among the Sierra Nevada, California. Oh, yep, that's beautiful. 
Oh my gosh, it's just like heavenly. <laughs> Good for us for not going for like, you know, the basic and yeah, not the Mona Lisa. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you and burn not it. red wine. <laughs> okay, what exotic animal do you think would make a tasty meal? <laughs> Cries. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an ostrich. Oh, I mean, yeah. What define exotic? Because I have had alligator before it was very tasty oh just tasted like some chewy chicken (laughs) maybe a koala no (laughs) you don't eat those (laughs) can i choose an exotic plant (laughs) (laughs) no you've got to be evil fine i'll just say a zebra simba it looks so yummy in the it, Lion King. It does. It should not look as good as it does. <laughs> All right. Was Marlon Brando cuter in The Freshman or The Godfather? Cuter as in? I think maybe like more adorable. I think he's more adorable in The Freshman because he's Because he's, he's, yeah, and he's, he's many things in The Godfather. He's fierce. He's, you know, vulnerable. He's, he plays a whole range. Whereas I feel like for Carmine, he's just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, what a good film. My best film of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, just absolutely love it. So we're going to leave the freshman behind, but head into our recap. So as we're leaving, just going to say, sorry how to go through all this nonsense, but it turned out for the good. <laughs> I want to go watch it again. (laughs) That was Film Club. Yay, Film Club. Okay, but we're actually not leaving. We're going to talk briefly about... I have so many stats. Get ready. Oh, boy. (laughs) Film Club 2022. We did it. I'm so impressed with us. All 12 films. I do have some stats according to our final film survey of how many people watched each film. So this was, I think I looked at them like mid-December, so it might be slightly different now. But 10 people watched, recorded at least, that I know of, watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, Loving Vincent, Doubt, and Summer of Soul. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, um, 10. That's Yeah, fun. that's a lot, a good number. Eight people watched Nosferatu. Seven people watched Pride and Prejudice. And actually, that number might, should be a little higher because I think, I don't know if Sammy rewatched it actually, but. Rio Bravo, um, Sunset Boulevard, and Strictly Ballroom. And then six people are on record for watching Il Postino, Curious George, and The Freshman. I think this was also either they had watched it or they were intending to watch it. Because I know there's at least one who is very serious about finishing Film Club, even if they haven't watched it in 2022. Il Postino makes sense, too, because it's very difficult. That one was really tricky. Yeah. So, but yeah, so great participation across the board. So here's something for us, a mini challenge. Can we remember the connections we've made throughout? So you picked Fantastic Mr. Fox, then connecting it to Loving Vincent. Do you remember the connection? I only remember what I said it was, which is <laughs> a train. Oh, I remember it. it was the actress. Yep, no? Helen McRory. Yes, very good. And then Loving Vincent to Il Postino, it was the postman, like the mm-hmm. mail deliverer. Il Postino to Doubt. Do you remember? Was the Catholic? Yep. <laughs> Catholic Church, yeah. 
doubt to Pride and Prejudice was the priest. Mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice. Point. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice to Summer of Soul. Was piano and like music, music. yeah. Summer of Soul to Rio Bravo. Was that next? I think so. Yeah. Oh no. <gasps> I don't know if I remember this connection. It was there was music again, right? Because they seek. Yeah, but specifically. Oh no. I want to tell you. Yes, I forgot. I'm so embarrassed. Um, it featured people that weren't necessarily best known to be actors. <gasps> That's right. Like oh my Martin gosh. And Ricky Nelson. That's were right. More known as singers than actors. Singers. Oh, that was such a good connection. Dang it, I'm mad I forgot about it. Okay, Rio Bravo to Sunset Boulevard. Um, that was playing cards. Right? I think that's I think that was what that? you came up with. Let me see if I can go find my notes. How embarrassing. Man, I'm impressed you remember the beginning ones and these like middle we're getting all foggy on. Down on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, murder, but specifically shooting someone in the back. That was... Oh. And then the the fake connection was the I Love Lucy where with John Wayne and oh, Bill Holden. Yeah. Um, Sunset Boulevard, Strictly Ballroom. Uh, oh, oh, it was the, the waltz, right? Like the tango. Ta- the tango, tango. Good one, good one. And then Strictly Ballroom to Nosferatu. Bad. Um, I, I can't remember my own. Oh, I remember what it was. <laughs> was it a stretch? Yes, but you actually figured it out, so I was very impressed. Black and white. Yeah, there was like a a flashback with like weird. Oh makeup. yeah, yeah. Then Nosferatu to Curious George. Oh my gosh, there are so many connections. But there you picked. So many. <laughs> you picked the ship, right? Yeah, crossing, traveling to a new home. And then Curious George to the freshman. So good. In movie. Name drop. <laughs> A literal connection. <laughs> Amazing. That was pretty good. You know, I'm everything we have going on, I'm impressed we remembered. Did you have a chance to rank them? No. <laughs> Do you want to rank them really fast? Or you should write them down and then go backwards because I wanted to try and guess what your top and bottom. I- okay, I'm guessing... Fantastic Mr. Fox is your number one, and maybe Loving Vincent is your last? Oh no, was I wrong on both accounts? No, no, you were right on the first one. Okay, Fantastic Mr. Fox is your your last. I have a feeling it's one of mine. (laughs) The Summer of Soul? Yeah. Mm, okay. Not that I hated it. I right, really no, liked it. But... That's the thing. All our films that we picked were fantastic films. So it's just of these ones. Ranked bottom, not last. Okay. Yeah. Now you have to guess my first and last. Is it Nosferatu? It's not Nosferatu. Oh. I know. Is it Doubt? It is. Yes. And doubt is number one. Is Pride and Prejudice? It's not. <sighs> Rio Bravo? Nosferatu? Just <laughs> Loving Vincent? No. Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> the Freshman? You're going to be sad. Phantasm Mr. Fox? <laughs> Names every single movie. <laughs> Curious George? Yes. <laughs> I should have guessed that one. <laughs> Again, not a bad movie. I very much enjoyed it, but of these films. So... 
My number 12 was Curious George. Your number 12 was? Summer of Soul. Summer of Soul. My number 11 was Strictly Ballroom. I said Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, Mm -hmm. mm-hmm. Number 10 was Pride and Prejudice. So high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had Loving Vincent. Mm Mm-hmm. Number nine was Il Postino. And Nosferatu is nine. Oh! So upset. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight was Rio Bravo. Then I had Doubt. Mm. Seven was The Freshman. And then I had El Postino. Six is Loving Vincent. Strictly Ballroom. Five is Summer of Soul. Curious George. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Number 12s or fives for each of us. <laughs> Four is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, Rio Bravo. Three was Sunset Boulevard. Three was The Freshman. <laughs> Two is Nosferatu. Um, Pride and Prejudice. And then, of course, one was Doubt. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. That is so funny. None of our films lined up. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny because I feel like like when we do when we do cinema. Our scores are so similar. Right. That we get. And it, it might be that, like, on Letterboxd, our scores are similar, but just personal preference mm-hmm. wins out in the end, which I also think speaks to all these films being really great that there's not just like, oh, this is clearly the standout film that both right. of us love more than anything. Um, I did tabulate the favorite, the like ranking for our Kappa regimes that submitted. Um, so, what I would do is I gave them points based on where they were ranked so some people would only like only watch six films and so you know I would kind of skew it a little bit that way but it was kind of interesting it's like an uh, interesting combined list between the two of us now that I've heard yours so coming in last for our listeners was Curious George then Strictly Ballroom was number 11 nope yes then number 10 is Rio Bravo nine is The Freshman eight is Nosferatu Seven is Il Postino. Six is Sunset Boulevard. Four and five are actually tied between Summer of Soul and Loving Vincent. Number three is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Number two is Pride and Prejudice. And then number one was Doubt. But yeah, so it's kind of this like, I feel like it was evenly stacked between all our films, which is fun. Points wise, Doubt got 46 points. Pride and Prejudice got 37. Miss Fantastic Mr. Fox got 35 those ones are all like pretty close together and then all curious george got 19 so it still was like ranked pretty highly i mean it you know it was the bottom because it had to be but it was funny i feel like a lot of them were a certain way and then jill came and really like flipped <laughs> like curious george got a ton of points and strictly bomb which is great like i want them to get love but so it was just it was good to have My everybody's one- opinions represented (laughs) i know like i wish andrew could have submitted and oh george would have got a lot more points too yes so but that was fun but no i still feel like it was a pretty even spread like it wasn't skewed one way or the other um but then it was interesting because i looked at how people ranked them when they first submitted so for me according to my letterbox Doubt, Nosferatu, and The Freshman all got five stars. <laughs> Those are at the top. Then four and a half stars for Loving Vincent, Il Postino, Summer of Soul, and Sunset Boulevard. So it's interesting because Loving Vincent, Il Postino are ranked higher there, but lower on my actual ranking list. Fantastic mm-hmm. Mr. Fox, 
Pride and Prejudice and Rio Bravo all got four stars, which I'm like, Fantastic Mr. Fox should probably get more than just four. So should go fix that. Yeah. And then Strictly Ballroom and Curious George got three and a half. For you, you're probably a little more (laughs) aligned with your original. So five stars went to Fantastic Mr. Fox, Pride and Prejudice, Rio Bravo, and The Freshman, which makes Aligns pretty well. Four and a half went to Il Postino, Strictly Ballroom, and Curious George. And then four stars to Loving Vincent, Doubt, Summer of Soul, Sunset Boulevard, and Nosferatu. Um, Yes. (laughs) Then for, I tabulated everybody's, like I, I combined everybody's original scores when they submitted for the review of the month. And then I took the median of those. So Pride and Prejudice actually came out on top as our highest ranked. Um, who loves that besides me my mom <laughs> but I mean like we had Sammy submit and Deb and okay. Catherine really enjoyed it you know if they ranked it highly this is the average of all of them so um, okay. that got 4.42 out of 5 stars Doubt came in second with 4.33 then Summer of Soul and the Freshman actually tied 4.25 then Fantastic Mr. Fox 4.22, then Il Postino, 4.17, then Sunset Boulevard, 4.10, then Rio Bravo at an even four stars. Strictly Ballroom was 3.91, Nosferatu is 3.83, Curious George was 3.8, and Loving Vincent actually came in last on this one, 3.75, which is interesting because I feel like it didn't come last in anybody's list. So yeah. initial impressions were not that favorable, but over time people have rem- remembered it fondly so i don't know i just th- found that fascinating it's very fun so um did you watch any new films through film club summer of soul summer of soul is that the only new film for you um, i think so yes. for me il postino was new i think i technically counted pride and prejudice is new because i hadn't seen it all the way summer of soul was new and strictly ballroom those are all new films for me. Then we'll talk about the takeaways. So our listeners said that there's some of the takeaways they had from Film Club 2022 was there's a lot of really good films out there that someone really liked the ambiguities and doubt. Did you have any grand takeaways from watching these 12 films or any surprises or anything like that? I don't know. The freshman's kind of a <laughs> come out of nowhere film for me that well, also, I've, I was kind of just contemplating, like, these films that I chose, I would think, like, well, is this worthy of a film club? Mm. Then I'd be like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just a film I enjoy. And just because a film isn't, like, highly rated on Letterboxd or didn't win any Academy Awards doesn't mean that it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's not worth watching. Right. Whatever. Double negative. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was really surprised. Probably my biggest surprise of Film Club 2022 was how much I enjoyed Pride and Prejudice because I was really not looking forward to that and had to end up watching it twice. And it really was (laughs) not as awful as I expected. It's been really fun to read everybody's reviews. Like, I love it getting different perspectives and different things that people catch on and the research people do sometimes. And it's been fun to really intentionally uh, watch a film every month and be like thinking critically about film even more so than I do normally and 
how can we think about like why are these films important and what messages can we take from them and how are they making crafting this film on so many different levels to bring that forward and just thinking about film in a more concrete way rather than just like consuming it and I think we've done that like breaking it down and talking about our favorite parts and what worked well in all these films so I'm excited to keep doing that in 2023. Did you write all your essays? I did not unfortunately my uh I dropped off Pride and Prejudice killed me I didn't quite (laughs) I only wrote four essays so I it was a bit of a lofty goal and I would like to try and finish them and I have all my ideas written out so at some future date when I have the time and energy to make that a priority maybe with my new computer and a faster processing speed (laughs) faster typing skills (laughs) but another question I asked everyone was how if at all have these films changed the way you watch movies or think about the topics covered or improved you as a person they make me feel things Mm -hmm. yeah my dead world just kidding (laughs) most yeah these movies I've chosen bring me joy like they actually they make me laugh they make me cry they I don't know and some of them aren't always positive emotions like I was Mm. I ranked some of them lower because they were too sad (laughs) I mean like you know on my list I I had the thought that one's really sad so I'll put it lower I love it a lot and I think they're all beautiful in their own way like I like the variety of the films that we chose too yeah it's not like all of them have the most perfect camera work yeah yeah Mm, the stories mm -hmm. are all very different too so yeah it's so funny because I love that we can appreciate these films and we come at them from different sides because I'm like oh the ones that made me sad are higher on my list like the ones that make me feel deep emotions are more important to me than you know ones that can just make me laugh but I love that yeah some of our reviewers said or listeners said the opportunity to write reviews has made me take time to be more reflective of each film and to research some background of historical information I wouldn't have done otherwise so well beyond just entertainment as any great art should do someone else said it's given me a broader perspective and looking at many different avenues and elements of film but mostly I just watch which is great like I'm also not saying that these reviews should come in as like polished film critics or like analyze every single scene but you know just pushing ourselves to be a little more cognizant and aware of like watching films can be a more engaged experience someone else said deeper thinking about films i haven't even seen admiration for creativity and creative stories and then someone else said trying to watch more actively rather than passively so yay i love that just that watching films can be really fun and it also can be very important like a good way to spend your time I think sometimes there's a lot of associations with watching movies a lot that you're just kind of like a couch potato and it's actually a a lot more engaging and important emotional work and all the different aspects that go into filmmaking and just exposure to new ideas and different ways of thinking or important like Gaston (laughs) what ideas and thinking oh (laughs) That is all I strive to be is guest on. <laughs> Mission accomplished. We're excited about the films we've picked for 2023, and we hope you are too, dear listeners. All these changes that we are making for 2023 are meant to make participating in or reviewing films easier and more accessible. 
Because at the end of the day, our aim is to help you discover new films, to learn from them and each other, and to better engage with film and community. Watching movies is often only seen as a wonderful escape from life, but it doesn't have to remain that way. Film shouldn't just be a passive experience, so participate to whatever extent will best help you in reaching these goals. So yes, with that, and looking forward to 2023 and the new film club, there are different ways to submit. I've sent an email about that. If you want more information, reach out to one of us or through DM us on our Instagram, and I can send you all that. We have a new phone number you can call to leave a voicemail. We have text reminders. So lots of very exciting things. Um, I would say that, but I don't actually really want to read that number on here. So we'll just send that number to you. But and basically, we'll just send a voicemail and it actually transcribe it. So pretty neat. We'll be able to read it live on air. What the heck? I know. What technology? ABTTG is stepping forward fast into the future. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you everyone for participating in Film Club 2022. And here's the big announcement. We are going to be making those prints with the, all the art. Big shout out to Sarah for all of her incredible involvement in making art for Yay. us every single month. Those pins should be coming soon. And I've already sent out that last email about the final pin. So make sure you get to us really quick if there's any changes that you need before we make that final order. But the prints that have all the designs are be- going to be coming as a gift from us to you, the listeners. Um, we'll just be sending one to everybody who ever sent in a film review or participated any in any way just as a thank you. So just keep an eye out for that. And we'll hear more about how Film Club 2023 is going to operate with stickers. I still don't have a pricing number on that, but all that information will be coming in the Arrival episode. So make sure you watch Arrival, submit your reviews. Very exciting. And start looking for that theme that we've picked. It'll be easier once you have more than just one film yeah, to look at. it's going to be a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yay film club. <gasps> yay film club two, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> what, too many twos. 2022. <laughs> two, two, two. And here's to film club 23. Raising my Leonardo DiCaprio Great Gatsby glass. Oh, or the microphone. (laughs) Yes, and the camera. (laughs) I just felt like I had to narrate what we were doing like you were Mickey. Because I've been spending so much time with Mickey recently. (laughs) Well, good job, Mickey. You see yourself? (laughs) How fun is that, friends? All right. No, you can't have spoilers. <laughs> I was thought you were talking to me. I was like, didn't ask for anything. <laughs> what do I want? What do you want? He's trying to sneak in on production. <gasps> production. Um, read the funny papers. 